Hello and welcome to the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary, and the latest in our EG Tech Talk recordings, our series of listens that focuses on the world of tech and how it's enabling the transformation of the real estate sector. Over the next 35 minutes, join me as I sit down with Tripti Aya, founder of Travtus, an AI technology company focused on multifamily real estate, and John Helm, partner at RET Ventures, which recently led a $4 million funding round into the business. In this episode, we talk about securing funding for a US business that is committed to being based in the UK, what that new funding from RET Ventures really means for the business, we take a peek into the US multifamily market and uncover that while investment is great and a bit necessary for growth, it is partnership that really adds value. Listen in for all that and much, much more. Enjoy. So hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tech Talk episode of the EG Property Podcast. And, and this episode, we're going to talk about investment and raising funds and um, and th- that wonderful world of, ha- of how you do that and, and um, the routes that you can take and, and much, much more. And I'm thrilled to be joined by an EG regular, I suppose I can call her, um, and I have done. So there we go. Uh, Tripti Aya from Travtus. How are you doing, Tripti? I'm very well. Um, I have been bestowed with an EG regular crown. So as you can see, my day just went up. <laughs> Fantastic. Not not many people have those. So wear it, wear it well. <laughs> uh, and by John Helm, who's from RET Ventures, uh, who is um, the new investor in Travtus. So, uh, John, welcome to the podcast, your first EG property podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Um, so, Let's set the scene for our for our lis- listeners. Tripti, if you can tell us a little bit, I'm sure they know about Travtus because we have talked to you um, before. But tell it, give us the give us the pitch of what Travtus is and um, and where where it came from. Sure. Um, so we are still an AI and R and D company based in London. Uh, the Americans have not stolen us, and we are trying to make sure that stays status quo. Uh, but we're uh, very much London-based. Um, uh, we still experiment and innovate with technology to find solutions for the real estate industry. Uh, we continue to have our focus towards our industry. Um, I use the word R with uh, all of the hugs that are involved with it. Uh, real estate is still very much our industry. And uh, we always engage with the industry as thought partners and really trying to find solutions. And we're doing that in the form of labs, advisory, as well as products. And uh, to everyone out there you who always remembers me as the girl who talks about Adam. Uh, so Adam is the product from Travtis. And he is a digital teammate who we call an everything teammate. And he's now been uh, helping the American market in multifamily and single family uh, to operate their assets better. And um, we are now very, very happy uh, to include some of them as uh, strategic investors through uh, John's investment in the company through RET. Fantastic. And uh, John, you tell us what, what attracted you to Adam? And Tripti. Sure. Yes. So uh, it, it, Tripti described our, our fund a little. Uh, you know, we're a um, an industry-backed fund in the U.S. We've got 45 limited partners or investors that own and operate about two and a half million units. Uh, so we we function kind of like almost an extension of their organization. Think of us as their outsourced corporate development or R&D group. 
And uh, our mission is, is very simple. It's to find investments that help them uh, either operate, develop, acquire, or dispose of their portfolios uh, in primarily multifamily and single family rentals, I guess what you would call built to rent. And uh, we started talking to Tripti, what Tripti, it was five years ago now, right? Yeah. Four, because uh, I, was, I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, it was four. Yeah, four. Okay. So it was four years ago uh, when we held our first annual LP summit here in Park City. And at the time, we were just beginning to research uh, AI and machine learning and how it could help our industry. And um, uh, uh, my team had been talking to Tripti for a while, and we invited her to come over um, with Andrew and, or do I say Andy, uh, and, um, and speak uh, to our LP group at our conference on AI and machine learning. And uh, we stayed in touch as they continued to develop their product. They met a number of our uh, investors at the conference and also began talking to them about practical applications of what they were developing. And when that work uh, you know, turned into actual uh, you know, contracted business and they started working uh, within a couple of our investors, uh, it was time for us to make an investment and, and see if we could help Tripti scale the company uh, both in Europe and, and the US. Fantastic. And let, let's talk about that that scale, um, Tripti, because, you know, you're a successful business already. Um, we all we all like a bit of investment, obviously, to to help us do <laughs> do more. But um, talk, talk to us a little bit about, you know, four years is quite a long time to um, have a conversation bef- before you before you see the um, uh, the uh, the spoils of, of said conversations, <laughs> I, I suppose. And um, so talk it talk us through you know what why that i guess why you sort of um continued with that conversation what it means for the growth now so i i think actually john's being fairly humble in his representation of what ret means um they are the most strategic investors a company like us could ever hope for um and to be completely honest as you said it's been four years in the making um, and there was only one uh, venture capitalist that we wanted to work with, primarily because they're actually a strategic investor, um, despite uh, being a venture capitalist. And I think it kind of does, does speak a bit to the tone of that we're in today, um, especially about fundraising. Your investors are part of your team. Um, it's the same thing as when you're building out your team, right? So you're, you're building out your team, you're bringing in your initial first customers. This is all just one group of collective people, usually with this common goal. And that goal usually should be about improving your industry or your customer base. And you're kind of in it for the ride and you're hoping that you're going to, you're creating a wave that you can ride for yourself. And I do think John and uh, and Chris and the whole RET team are frankly the the only ones um, who we considered to be partners on that journey. So once we felt that um, Traptus was at a place where we could now start making um, a few waves and then possibly ride it, uh, we wanted to make sure we had the right partners on the team. Also, as John said, four years ago, he was um, helping us work through um, problems for the industry just by exposing us to some of the strategic investors that they have Uh, within their funds. And in that period, we've seen them grow. And we've seen our relationships with those companies also strengthen. And we realized we're all kind of birds of a feather. Like we're all really very committed towards um, how this industry is going to function in the next few years. So it was kind of a no brainer. 
um, I, I knocked at John's door. Thankfully, his door's always been open to us, um, at least whether it's for conversation or whether it's for introductions and thankfully also for funding. Um, so it, really for us, it was uh, it was an easy decision. And and the the next steps for for growth for for Adam to get bigger does Adam get a playmate at all Is there another uh, <laughs> a, AI or machine learning chap or chapess out there Sam if you say Eve again I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit end on this call um, I feel like everybody keeps asking me when's Eve gonna come out I say never there is never going to be an Eve that is cheesy that is not a strategy we shall use However. Um, we're very much working towards building out the digital workforce um, for real estate. And that's now what the mission for Travtus is. So there are going to be other Adams. Um, Adam was always named Adam with the purpose of being the first of his kind. Um, and there are definitely going to be um, other job functions or characters that come through. They'll come out in at the right time at the right place, um, probably without much fanfare. They'll just kind of slip into your lives, which is how we want them to be. The quiet Adams. Yes, the quiet ones. And the Adams family. Oh, it's it's all coming together. <laughs> um, now, I'm really inter- interested, at the beginning there, um, Tripti, you made a point that, you know, you'd always be UK, a UK company, and you'd like to innovate innovate here, but you're, you know, clear, clearly serving a, a US market, a US market that is in multifamily much, much bigger than, um, you know, the the, the growing um, sector BTR sector we have here and is always going to be bigger how how do how do you do that I, I suppose and be sort of recognized in the states for um, being being a go-to and 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 I guess sort of bringing that up what I would hope is UK talent to to the US well, I, I, I will co- come back to saying it's British engineering being exported out again. Um, but um, again, I'll I'll let maybe John speak to this a bit. Um, but that relationship where uh, we've been able to build credibility with the right players, um, and a lot of it is uh, because we do work with some of the strategic investors uh, within John's fund, which which he can speak to. They've got. 10% of the institutional-owned uh, residential real estate market in the U.S. as people who collect in a room together and are able to give you that exposure. So I think credibility is really crucial. And then when you build a good product and you build a reputation, everything else kind of follows. Um, the investment also is to you know start working towards that marketing and brand building um, to allow uh, the U.S. to engage into our British engineering a little bit. Um, we do think London is a great spot for our tech team. Um, we are leveraging other parts of uh, of the globe, depending on what makes sense. So, you know, common sense really drives our actions. It always has. But I think John's probably the best person to answer the question about why would somebody in the U.S. work with us? <laughs> There's a big question, John. <laughs> well, and, and thanks for the uh, earlier compliment, uh, Tripti. Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, when when we're looking to make investments, uh, you know, on really on behalf of our LP group, which is entirely comprised of owner operators, probably closer to 15 or 18 percent of the market, institutionally owned market in the U.S. earner fund. Um, you know, we look first and foremost for uh, entrepreneurs, founders, and companies that we believe will work with us in a collaborative manner to develop solutions that really work for our LPs 
or our investors. And then by extension, you know, really the industry, uh, because our, our investor group spans, you know, everything from, uh, I think we've got seven publicly traded REITs all the way down to very small family owned, uh, you know, folks that may only own 5,000 units. I think our average LP is about 35,000 units. So, you know, these are for the most part though, fairly sophisticated organizations that have got IT groups and uh, the larger companies, especially the publicly traded REITs have pretty robust uh, in-house organizations that in some cases can even develop some of their own uh, software and tools. And so first and foremost, we look for a CEO like Tripti who can listen and you know kind of ingest all the feedback and then work with us to build a product that works for those guys and it, and it really doesn't matter where that company's from if if we find a company that can do that uh then uh that's a company that we can back and help scale throughout the u.s and you know with our with our investor group as long as that that gets her an immediate toehold in the market and she's working very closely with what is it tripty now three of our uh yeah, our largest uh, three of our largest LPs. I mean, these are companies that have 60, uh, 80,000 units under management. And so they're sophisticated enough to be able to, to kind of work with Tripti and describe what it is they're looking to do. More importantly, they're able to provide her the raw data uh, so that Adam can learn uh, from all their interactions, whether it's their, you know, all their, their emails and, and text conversations with residents and, and then work with her to, to fine tune the product. And that's where we finally invested. But, you know, it was um, it was four years where we didn't just meet her and then get a watcher. It was four years where she then started working with uh, some of our LPs. How many trips did you make over here, Tripti? I don't know, uh, to the U.S. But um, there was a lot of back and forth. And uh, when she was ready to take the money, quite honestly, we, we've been waiting for a while. Finally, she was ready to take our money. <laughs> and uh, And then, you know, we invested. And now I think she's working even more closely. I think, and, and Tripti can speak to this, but our LPs, our, our investors uh, really do uh, feel and act like owners when, when we invest in a company. And we do an annual meeting here in Park City every year for about two and a half days. And we bring our, our portfolio company CEOs in. So Tripti attended this year as a CEO. And uh, we, by design, organize a lot of social time so that people can pair off and have, uh, you know, deeper conversations one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. And I think Tripti had a very, very productive two days here this summer in terms of speaking with people and, and learning what the industry is looking for. And, you know, the first, the first module in Adam, uh, Tripti calls Learn, and it, it's really powerful, actually, because our, our LPs can give her a complete data dump of everything they're doing and then plug her into uh, their systems and she that Adam can learn and, and play back to them. This is all the interactions you're having. And, I, and it's been amazing how surprising it is to everybody. Right. In the U.S., everybody has focused and all the AI companies out there have focused on the leasing process and having leasing conversations, uh, because that is an area where especially today, it's 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 actually they're, they're labor constrained and hiring leasing staff. And um, but the vast, vast majority, I'll let. Trip to give you some of the statistics, uh, but the vast, vast majority of the conversations aren't about leasing. They're about all this other stuff. And she's designed a product that can learn all that and then respond to all that other stuff and take the load off the leasing staff so they can actually just focus on the high value prospects. 
Yeah, I think the cyclical nature of real estate sometimes is forgotten in technology, which is kind of uh, ironical because we know it in construction. When you when you when you're thinking about a construction company and you always think about the supply and demand and you say, right, we all know that there's going to be a lag. The demand is now. You go into construction, there'll be oversupply. Actually, the same thing happens with tech um, because what is a problem today? It could be that you know today everyone's facing a leasing problem. Everyone tells the tech companies go ahead and build that. By the time you're done building a solution that potentially halfway works, you've already passed that cycle. There's a new problem, and it's it's really quite fascinating. Um, and working with the with the whole strategic um, investor group at um, RET, as, and frankly, just being able to talk to John, um, I think is a really great asset, not just for the founders and CEOs, but also for his investors. I'm sure because he's kind of looking at the forest and and not the trees. Um, and that kind of also allowed us to figure out what the journey for Adam should be. Like the fact that we needed to think about everything holistically, not be departmental, frankly, came out of those conversations, um, which were in, in many ways contributed through from the strategic investors. And I think this kind of does set the tone of what is an investor? Um, and I and I know we're coming from this massive you know, period of free money um, and everybody throwing money um, and everyone being an investor. Um, but I think it's it's a great time where you can really start now gauging like, well, who is an investor and what does an investor do and how do they actually join your team and what's the value that they bring beyond like a certain number of zeros at the back of a check? I think that's a really good point, Tripti. I think, you know, um, for too for too long, this industry, many industries have just looked at investors as 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 the money um, and actually you know, you talked about, you know, strategic investor earlier and, and and partnership and and that has to be how businesses grow and and ultimately do good, I suppose, whether that's doing good for the, for the bottom line or doing good for the, you know, the businesses that, that it, it serves. Um so good to good to hear hear that. I'm really interested as as well, um, John, you talked about um sort of the level of um, of of data sharing that um, uh, your LPs are, are doing with with Adam with with Tripti and just um, you know coming from a and Tripti you'll know this from over here maybe this is why you are in the UK but serve the U- US market it's really difficult to get people to um, give give up their data d- regardless of what they might get back in in return that that sounds like it's quite different over in in the states is that something that you see that um maybe companies in the in the US are more mature when it comes to understanding the power of of giving their data to someone else and who can give it back to them with with more insights probably i think in general the the industry in the US is just much more developed right we were you know 40 years ago we were dominated by mom and pop operators and and small operators but really over the last especially 30 years, the multifamily market in the U.S. is really institutionalized. And you have these very large organizations now that actually have the data, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. probably, in, you know, when, you, when, you, when you've got a mom and pop that's only managing a handful of homes, they don't even have the data. So, you know, they're running their own data warehouses. Uh, they're running their own, uh, in some cases, fairly sophisticated uh, IT orgs. So they've got the capability now you have to convince them to then work with a, a company. And I think that's one of the reasons why it took us a while uh, with Tripti because she really does uh, reach into the organization a lot more than than other vendors. And so 
people have to uh, have a greater degree of comfort. And of course, you've got to adhere to all the privacy laws and, and make sure that that data is protected and, and um, you know, she can't go publish it wherever she wants or, or anything like that. And, and so, uh, but, uh, you know, once you get over all those hurdles, yeah, I think by and large, um, especially, and this comes back to the strategic investor angle, especially if they feel like uh, they're, they're true partners with the company. And that's tough, right? It's, that's always a tough relationship, especially in real estate, which is a very transactional business, right? I mean, it's, it's all about deals, buying and selling. And, and so, whereas entering into a partnership with a vendor, you're talking about a, a multi-year long-term partnership. You're not just, you know, beating them up on the contract, buying the asset and then moving on. So, it, uh, and I think that's where a fund such as ours uh, can really help and and why I started the fund in the first place. Uh, like Tripti, I was a entrepreneur, a two-time entrepreneur in the US and I was venture backed. And in my second company, I actually had uh, four strategic investors in my company and one of them sat on my board. And every once in a while it would get a little awkward when we were talking about margins and pricing. And one of my biggest customers was sitting there hearing how much money I was making off of him. And I, I always thought in the back of my mind, you know, a fund structure would be perfect because I could, you know, the fund would sit on the board and and be able to pass through all the benefits, but act like a buffer so that uh, both organizations could focus on their businesses and, and not, you know, not worry. So to a certain degree, we're almost like an honest, an honest broker. You know, our, our you know. That's an oxymoron, surely. <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't say Tripti's ever done this, but you know, every once in a while, some of our companies make mistakes, and you know, it hits the fan, and I get a number <laughs> of irate phone calls and, and get screamed at, and and then I'm able to then take you know digest that information and have a much more um, uh, productive conversation, shall we say, <laughs> with the CEO of the company, uh, and vice versa, right? Sometimes our you know our LPs, our investors behave badly, right? Not all customers can be really cooperative and helpful all the time. And then I can translate that back to them and say, look, we need to approach this like a partnership. We need this. And uh, I think that's that's very helpful to have someone in between, but everyone's interests are aligned, right? Their money is in, in Tripti's company and in our other 30 portfolio companies. So they really do feel, and, and well, Tripti can say, but I think they act like they're true owners and partners. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's it's a completely different relationship, and you can tell that everyone's on the same side of the table. Um, you never walk into a room as a vendor, which always made me personally uncomfortable. I'm look, I'm gonna need a sales team to be able to do that without it being about my impersonalness. But personally, I always like to walk into the room and say, "What's the problem? Let's solve this, guys." Um, and I think that's where it's uh, it's really kind of refreshing where we do work with um, with all the strategic investors from the RET portfolio because you walk into the room very clearly saying all right let's roll our sleeves up um, just let's be honest what's what's what needs doing and let's figure this out you don't just walk in and say here's what i'm i'm selling do you want to buy it um, and it's a, that just just in that relationship you end up doing a lot more problem solving which frankly for our team is very exciting um, and that opportunity is very exciting because it's not something you get very easily. And I, <laughs> I have to say also, John's like, he's a unicorn in his own way, right? There's not many founders that you see running prop tech funds, uh, like people who've actually run a business before. 
um, exited it and had that experience as a prop tech founder. Um, frankly, I've met a lot of uh, venture capitalists in the prop tech industry. I, I can barely count them. Like you can, there's maybe one or two max who've actually run a business before. And I think that really helps as a founder because you're talking to somebody who's been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, from the I'm assuming from the LP perspective, um, they're also kind of speaking to somebody who's been through it um, and is able to give them that that experience. So frankly, for, for us, the definition of an investor, which is, I think, very opportune at this time for us to be talking about, um, is really important. And we're just glad that uh, we had at least uh, the opportunity to work with one uh, that we would call strategic. Fantastic. Um, I'm really interested to um, to hear hear you talking about um, sort of moving away from that sort of transactional nature of, of real estate. And it's a conversation I find myself having with more and more people that we're talking around. Actually, if we want this industry to move forward, to be better, there's this shift from transactional conversations to transformational conversations. And that sounds like this is how this partnership came together because it's around the the transformation that can be enabled within the within the sector within the within your company um Tripti and and within those conversations that you have with the with the LPs do you do you think that is something that is growing across um the wider um real estate sector is it still quite niche that people are you know the big focus is on transacting and there's there's too few yet that are focused on transforming. So I still think real estate is a transactional business. Like you can't take that away from them. Um, I, I mean, if you're a real estate owner and operator, your business is to transact real estate. Um, it's to make sure you've got, got a NOI, you, you, you know when to dispose of an asset, when, when to acquire an asset. I don't think we should be expecting them to change what they do. I think what, we, what it is our responsibility, I think sometimes as tech solution providers to accept that and say your problem is not their problem. Our job is to give them an easy solution that actually works within what they do. So in a weird way, I don't think transformation needs to come before the transaction because what are you then transforming into? Um, there are other companies which have different models. Like I think John can talk to the REITs um, because the REITs are very different. They're publicly listed. Um, it's not it's not the same behavior as somebody who is a private equity backed uh, operator who possibly is a minority stakeholder but is the primary operator. And it's not the same as a mom and pop who are trying to possibly scale up or create a portfolio for the next generation. So each one has a different take on it. I think the REITs probably are in a better position for transformation because. In a way, they're less transactional, but I, I think I, I would I would err to John's uh, commentary on that one. No, I think uh, you've hit it right on the head, Tripti. You know, in the U.S., we talk a lot about um, we kind of classify the industry between developers or companies that are developers or what we call often merchant builders over here, where they sometimes sell the building before it's even leased up. You know, th- they're true developers, uh, and then we have. Well, what we refer to as the guys that run large, quote, stabilized portfolios that are not in lease up. Um, and the the epitome of that are the REITs who, you know, some some of these REITs have owned the same properties for 40 years, uh, you know, since they were founded. Uh, and 
So that there's a much greater emphasis on operations because they're running the same assets and they may only make five or six acquisitions or divestitures a year out of a, a portfolio of maybe one, two, sometimes, well, some of them, three, 400 properties. And, and so uh, they're, they're much more focused on operations and what they call here FFO, which is funds from operations, which is what all the read analysts track. And so those are the guys who tend to be the, uh, the leaders and often even in our fund, we've got, you know, we're fortunate to have a number of the leaders in our uh, fund that are REITs. They're often the first to deploy new technologies because they have a, the greatest need. They've got an organization that can deploy it effectively. Uh, but then we also have a lot of large uh, private operators, uh, a couple of which have, have actually moved to, uh, have, have expanded to the UK. Uh, for example, one is Cortland and they made a, they acquired uh, a company and I guess now two companies in the UK over the years and they're they're expanding their model to the UK uh, that also really behave just like a REIT but they're private uh, but they're they, they're managing long-term large pools of institutional capital where uh, you know they're really in charge of managing those properties and so I think it's it's a natural evolution as the industry continues to professionalize uh, and these portfolios get larger, that then these organizations have have the scale, right, to have professional managers that uh, are looking after operations and, and thinking about uh, the business more long term and how they manage those assets. OK, really interesting. Thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm conscious of, of, of time and of, uh, um, and, of, and of our audience. So just really keen. So I guess round off the round off the conversation with a whether what what comes what comes next um you know will we see um i'll put you on the spot john will we see more investment in um Tripti's business from ret ventures um will we see <laughs> will we will we see you know those like you know some of your partners coming over to the uk does that mean adam comes to the uk Tripti? what's the what's the the next sort of five year five year story for ret and for for Travtis? John, you start us off as I've okay. put you on the spot. Well, we're a, we're a U.S.-based fund, and our LPs, as I mentioned, are all U.S.-based. Uh, we do have a global mandate, and we can obviously uh, we made an investment in Tripti's company, invest outside the U.S., and we are expanding uh, outside the U.S. Um, and yeah, there's all the regulatory rules around fundraising and what I can and can't talk about. But so suffice it to say that. Um, we are we are looking to do more uh, abroad in general, and I, I didn't mention it, but I actually worked for a fund in London for four years uh, from 2012 to 16. I lived in Germany, uh, but the fund was based right in St. James, DN Capital, and uh, I still have, um, you know, good ties to that organization. Uh, in fact, they're all going to be over here skiing in about a month. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so I've. I've got a, a pretty good network in Europe uh, through my time with uh, Ninad and Steve at DN and, and would love to do more in Europe. Fantastic. Thank you. Tripti? Uh, what's the next five years? Keep doing what we've done the past five years. Um, it's been productive. Um, so kind of keep keep building out products that work for the industry, innovate, uh, do the right thing. Um, and I, I mean, I'm I'm hoping we're still very much partnered with um, RET for the if longer than five years, 
Um, but uh, really for us, it is just to, it's business as usual. I know the press makes investment sound like a big deal. Um, it's, I don't know why we celebrated that much. I don't think anybody celebrated when we turned profitable or when we built, brought like a, um, a really big client. Like nobody really cares about that. For some reason, the fundraising, um, you know, announcement is something that excites the world a lot more. Um, I would set expectations of the world a little bit on that in general. Like, I don't think we should be celebrating fundraisers. I think there's a lot more a business does right that we probably should celebrate. Um, so I'm hoping we have other celebrations which are beyond just a fundraise. But I think a lot of it will be related to our relationship with uh, RET. Um, a lot of it will be related to our customers and we share customers. So um, whatever we do, I'm hoping as a collective, um, we'll keep doing what we're doing now. I think there's yeah, a perfect. Sorry, John, uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Samantha. I was just saying, I forgot to answer your loaded question about if we'd be putting more money in Tripti. Tripti is so capital efficient, we may not get the opportunity to. Uh, <laughs> we would like to, uh, but she runs a tight ship, so I'm not. I'm not sure that can happen. But and I want to. I want to uh, uh, tee off uh, Tripti's comment about celebrating fundraising. You know, a wise VC uh, once told me when I was running my company. And I just, you know, I was all excited because I just done a big round. And this was a, uh, a guy in Silicon Valley who'd been in the business for 40 years. He said to me, John, do not mistake the ability to raise money with actually running and building a quality business. And I think sometimes we all get caught up in that, right? We've seen a lot of companies that have raised a lot of money and then literally blow up. And I think some entrepreneurs think their product is their stock not the actual product, right? And they're very good at raising money, but they forget that they actually have to build a profitable company someday to, to realize the value of, of what, you know, the money they've raised. Uh, and so it's always good to keep that in perspective. That's that's why we like backing uh, Tripti. I think she's got the, the right perspective there. And, and especially in this environment, uh, you know, the market's changed a lot in the last nine months, you know, capital efficiency and, uh, really thinking about profitability and how you get there is is much more important, right? It, a year ago, it was growth at all costs. Just raise money and grow as fast as you can. Now it's profitable growth. How how can you, you know, what's your path to profitability? Yeah, and uh, um, as you say, um, so so important in the current current climate. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an opportunity here, as um, you know, I, I, there's there's a moment to celebrate something that isn't just the fund fundraise and you know what better what a pe better place to do it and there's a responsibility on people like me the media to to talk about more than just more than just the dollar um so what would be if there was one thing to celebrate at the end of this conversation not not just the end of having to talk to me uh, <laughs> one th one thing that you you think that we should celebrate what would that be that's a really good question, Sam. Um, Sometimes I, think, I do this for a living. I know. Look at that. It's, <laughs> it's like you're trained for the good questions. So frankly, for, for us this year, um, we are celebrating this partnership. There's no question about it. Um, but it's not the fundraise. And frankly, we're not, we're not celebrating the check. Um, we are definitely celebrating the partnership. I think um, it is a great sense of relief, actually, to have uh, John, Chris, and the RET team backing us. Because sometimes it's lonely to run a business. And sometimes when you're trying to do things, 
slightly different or what you consider to be common sense, but everybody else thinks it doesn't make sense because you should scale faster because yeah, we were in a slightly different environment. You question yourself and you feel like, am I doing, am I doing something wrong? You know the business is fine, but there are triggers where you wonder. I think um, just getting the backing of the strategic investors that the RET team brings, bringing the backing of John, who I consider to be a very mature and an excellent investor, who I think actually probably does take pretty good decisions. So that's a bit of a validation for us, but also it's not lonely. It's nice to have the industry backing. Like now it feels like, okay, we can, let's let's go crack on with this. Um, we're not just sitting here in London, like writing a bunch of code. Um, so I think that's nice. And we celebrate that. Thanks. The partnership and the validation. I like that. Yeah. J- John, your big celebration? You know, I would say in general, it's um, it's having an impact. Uh, what what gets me excited is, you know, when I'm, for example, listening to an earnings call of one of our public LPs, and they're talking about how they've uh, reimagined one of their business processes or deployed technology to realize uh, you know, greater operational efficiencies in their business. And I, I can listen to that call and say, oh, that was, that was Triptier. That was this portfolio company. That was that portfolio company. And it's, it, it's, it's really gratifying when you're, when your investments are then going out and really doing what they're supposed to do, which is helping the client just run their businesses better. And, uh, so to me, it's all about having impact. Uh, and are we having an impact on, on you know for our LPs and, and our you know our industry as a whole impact and um, brilliant and it sounds like there's a lot of pride there too which I always love to hear um in this industry because I think it lacks it a little bit so um what a what a perfect way to to finish this conversation thank you so much for for talking us through not just the check but what it what it all all means um for for Travitas um for more Adams uh, and for the, um, the 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 betterment of of the sector, particularly uh, the multifamily sector. Uh, Tripti, John, thank you very much for being part of the EG Property Podcast. Oh.